Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I am Kelly. Are you sure about that one? Because you didn't sound so certain. I had to think about it. You really did. Sometimes I feel a little bit existential. A little bit, you know, Voltaire. It was Uh, concerning is what it was. Well, and I'm Kelly. (laughs) That's exactly what I expected. (laughs) And then instead I got silence for long enough that I thought something was like deeply wrong. Like either that my microphone wasn't working or you like, you know, your brain turned off. I just wanted to trick you. I wanted to play a little trick, a little prank, a little hee hee hoo hoo. You know what I mean? I did not laugh. Tell me the news, Kelly, because I'm not laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the very serious news as we begin this week's episode. Um, The uh, Entertainment Expo that we all know and love, E3, is set to return in person uh, next year from June 12th to the 15th. Um, This was sort of a shock, I think, to a few people um, because it's been about three years and it hasn't been in person in quite a while. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, coming back, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, next year. We'll see. I think if they did it right, this could be successful. Because I do think that there are people who genuinely... I think there's a lot of buzz around going to E3, especially in like games media. Um, but I also think that it could be a huge, huge waste of money. I think but I don't know. It's also funny because Summer Games Fest has never been an in-person thing, but this year it's going to, or sorry, twenty twenty-three, it's going to be like that's it, that was a huge announcement after Summer Games Fest of this year. Like it's coming back next year and it's in person. Yeah, and like if you saw the pictures of like the mini. A uh, little, I don't know what you call it, like the showcase floor that they had after Summer Games Fest. That was E3. It was little, but like it was just E3. So I don't know if yeah. this means there's going to be like division of developers or if it's literally just going to be the same exact demos on both show floors, which sounds incredibly boring. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? I guess we'll find out more as we approach next year. Part of me was like, it's right around the corner. And then I realized June was just like a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, wait, this is all basically a whole year away. It does feel later than July. I will agree with you there. Uh, yeah, it I feels no like idea. it should be later in the year, but it's not. <laughs> it feels like that E3 season that happened this summer, even if it wasn't called that, was more than a month ago. Like, yeah, it's so hard definitely. to believe that was just a month ago. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but something that's less than a year away is Crisis Core Reunion. We talked about this a bunch two weeks ago, three weeks ago, recently would be a more coverage word. Uh, So it's going to be a very big overhaul. We've seen it. It looks a lot better. The combat seems to be introducing some new elements while maintaining the same core. But they have now confirmed that Crisis Core Reunion will not at all update the story. This is very confusing. Because Crisis Core Reunion kind of seemed to be leading directly into the the remake series, which perhaps does not follow the story of Crisis Core as we knew it. So I don't know what the deal is here. I'm kind of okay with it, because that means that I think Rebirth will have to explain what's going on. They can't just use this remake of Crisis Core to, to jimmy their way out of the story problem they created. Uh, but I am I'm pretty surprised that they're not changing things. Yeah. It's also interesting that there is like this steady through line, um, but they're not changing things. Like you kind of said, like they even have they have the new voice actors uh-huh. for like Aerith and Zach. Zachary. And I believe Angeal's a new voice actor, too. So it's like. But it's not. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's just interesting. I guess it's it's for a, a certain cohesion of like modern Final Fantasy VII canon. Yeah. But well, I think still. so. This is a mild spoiler for a remake. But if you've seen any rebirth marketing things, it's already been spoiled for you. 
Zach is going to be a main player in Rebirth in some fashion. Um, and that does not make sense in the original Final Fantasy VII story for reasons I'll let you deduce. But I think there's a lot of people who were introduced to Final Fantasy VII through Remake. And I think this is probably a good way to introduce them to Zack. Because yes, he's a charming character and stuff, but I think you kind of have to know his story for him to make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Cause, Plus he's such a likable... I mean, he's such a good character too. It's hard. It's like, if you don't really get it, then it just helps you have a more robust, like a fuller experience of the story if you are able to understand Zack's character and why um, Cloud is the way he is. Yeah, and why his return's so weird and interesting. Yeah. Um, another yeah. little thing that came out this week, and there's not really a lot to discuss, so it's not a full news item, I'd say, but it was confirmed in an interview that Gact, who is a J-pop star, who Genesis, a character from Crisis Core, is based off of, um, and also who voices Genesis in the Japanese version, has nothing to do with this game never being re-released. It was like a, a very well-known rumor for 15 years that Gact was the reason that Crisis Core was not allowed to come to other consoles and why there were never any like sequels featuring Genesis. And like it was kind of the presumed truth for all this time. But this just this last week we learned finally, just in an interview question response, oh yeah, no, that's not true. Never was true. Gact had nothing to do with this game not coming out. He's super down for more always has been and i thought that was really funny to just debunk this really well-known well-established information just an, an interview a random interview it's kind of funny when you like have all have these things that are sort of memed on the internet for so long and then they like happen or they're debunked like that's how i felt about sora being in super smash brothers it's like it's such a joke online, and then it happened, and it was like, oh. <laughs> what do we say now? <laughs> it happened. <laughs> so I feel similarly about stuff like that when all these like age-old rumors just sort of are like, no, nope, didn't happen. It's like, oh. So we were all just fools. Yeah. We're very dumb. Fools. That's funny. That's funny. You know what's not funny? I hope you tell me. <laughs> is it you? Are you? Is this about you? Yeah, yeah. I'm not funny. I can't think of a good transition for this next news story, uh, which is that in the uh, upcoming Lollipop Chainsaw remake, James Gunn, the movie director and writer, um, and Suda Fifty One are not involved in the remake at all. They were both involved in the original game, um, but. Uh, that's a little concerning. I think I, I don't, I guess I don't really get it because it's like, if it's a remake, they don't really have to do anything with the writing. They just have to redo the UI and the models, textures and models. Um, so I, it doesn't really make sense that they would be involved. But I also, um, I was hopeful there'd be more updates than just updated, like, base graphics. Yeah. But if Grasshopper's, yeah. also at the same time, if Grasshopper's not involved at all, I don't think I want them to try updating it. Yeah. It's real weird. Yeah. It's such a Suda game. Like, Suda is baked into this game that him not working on it even if it's just a visual upgrade kind of strange yeah I guess I just feel like it seems like a lot of work to not really do that much <laughs> yeah and neither of them are like saying like oh yeah they made this thing against our will they're both just like no we don't have anything to do with it that's it they're not saying anything negative or positive it's just informational yeah, and I didn't mean to say like a remake isn't a lot of work, but it's a lot less work. <laughs> yeah, if they're not adding new content to the game, then it's kind of like, what's really the point? Just so people can play it on, you know, Xbox One or whatever. Yeah, Series X. <laughs> I guess we don't know what platforms. I would say it's prob probably not it Xbox might, One. Yeah, it might be just PS Five and Series X. <laughs> I don't know why I always flip it in my head because I'm like, 
Xbox One is the newest Xbox type of Xbox. <laughs> it always will I've, be. Because I've been PlayStation since PlayStation, like, the first. And I only took a small break to get an Xbox 360, so it all got kind of muddled in my head. Like a good, like jalapenos at the bottom of a jalapeno margarita. It was muddled. Oh. I thought that was going to be a transition into the next news story. Oh. Well. No. Speaking of things getting muddled. Due to strategic discussions, Forspoken has been delayed again out of October and into January, January 24th, 2023. This is sad. I feel like we haven't reported on many delays lately. It's just been release dates, but we haven't reported on a delay in a while. So, you know, in a sense, it's refreshing, even though it's like one of the most recent delays we've reported on already. And now they delayed it again. The thing about this for me is I'm very confused because if you read the tweet that they released, which also, fun fact, is uh, is marked as sensitive content. I think it's hysterical <laughs> that when you open this tweet, it's like, are you sure you want to look at this? And I thought it was going to be like obscene content, but nope, it's just text. This game's finished. They said it. It's complete. And they're just in the final polishing phase. And I know bug bug testing and stuff can take a long time. And the polish is very important. But this really, like, the way they're describing it, it sounds like they're just, like, scared of another big game that might be coming out, like, around when it was originally supposed to. A game that we'll talk about later. But, like... I think... Uh, strategic delays silly. are annoying. Yeah. Like, it's done. And I also just let me play like, it. I also feel like they're totally lying. To me, I feel like the game is not done. I feel like it's not polished. I feel like what we saw in the trailers was fine i honestly feel like this has everything to do with that awful facial animation that they had and and the the critical response to it a few more months um, of polish could be very good for that and i hope that's why and they're not just being because it's just weird the whole like presentation of this delay and this information is super it's annoying and also i'm just like a little peeved because like this is one of those games that felt real locked for october so it getting delayed all the way into next year. Although I guess this kind of like bolsters 2023 even more. I was looking at the 2023 release calendar the other day and I was like, not upset. That's a silly word, but it was pretty obscene just how many games are coming in 2023, especially since like a whole chunk of them were delayed from 2022. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I'm going to play a game with you, Kelly. Okay. I'm going to read to you the list of 2023 releases that are slated right now. Okay. And we're going to speed round this crap because there's a lot of them. And you're going to say yes or no for whether they come out in 2023. Okay. Okay. If you think they're going to get postponed to 2024. I'm going to exclude Forspoken because that's okay. January. So even if it gets delayed again, it's probably fine. I'm going to exclude Resident Evil 4 Remake because that's March. Um... I'm just that's that's all that's coming to mind right now. But are you ready for this? Okay. Yes. Alan Wake Two. No. Aliens delayed. Dark Descent. Uh that'll come out in twenty twenty three. Arc two. No. Baldur's Gate three. Yes. <laughs> there was a twinge of hope in your eyes. Um I don't know what that is. Cocoon. Yes. Okay. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ayuden Chronicle Hundred Heroes. Uh, sure, yeah. Do you know? Do you remember what that is? It got shown like really last don't. June at E3. It looked really, really cool. We'll have to talk about that later because it looks incredible. Incredible. Eternites. That's that dating, no. the dating anime one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll come out. Exo Primal. The Dino one, with Bruce, uh, with Vin Diesel. No, that's Ark. No, that's Ark. That's no, Ark. it's the one with like the gun one that everybody thought was Dino Crisis from Capcom, but then it was shooting like <laughs> a billion of them. Uh yeah, I think that'll come out next year. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah. Oh wow! Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah. Uh, Forza Motorsport. Yeah. Hyper Light Breaker. Yeah. Ooh, Kerbal Space Program Two. Yeah. 
Layers of Fears. Oh, that one already had. Did it say January or just early 2023? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Marvel Spider-Man 2. No, I think that's going to get delayed. Yeah, me too. Uh, Payday 3. Um, yeah, I think so. It'll come out. Oh, Pragmata. That's that game from Capcom that like got a really weird delay announcement where the main character was just holding like a little piece of paper that said sorry on it. <laughs> um, I think that will come out in 2023. Okay. Um, replaced. Yes. Redfall. Yeah. N- uh, actually, no. I, I think that's going to get delayed. <laughs> Stalker 2. No, I think that's going to get delayed. Yeah, based on where it's being made, I feel like they kind of, that one might yeah. be a little bit. Star Wars right. Jedi Survivor. Uh, I think that one will probably come out okay. in 2023. Starfield. Oh, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> that pause. You don't even think it's going to come um, out like, you think it's going to get delayed past its June window all the way to 2024? I don't know. It's it's it seems like a lot. Um, let's say yes, it will come out in twenty twenty three. Okay, Street Fighter six. Yes. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Super Bomberman R two. Yeah. Breath of the Wild sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't be mean. Don't giggle. Sorry, not laughing. I'm not laughing. Uh, last case of Benedict Fox. Yeah, that would come out. Yeah, Plucky Squire. Yes. Um, Wolf Among Us Two. No. Okay. I think that's gonna get delayed. I skip. Also, also, it's like, how is it gonna? Are we gonna get Episode One in twenty twenty three, and then everything else in twenty twenty four? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. They could start it in twenty twenty three and still be following that. But that's also like that blows my mind because that list is insane. That's a yeah. lot of games. Even right. if a, like no joke, even if half of those games we talked about got delayed to 2024, 2023 is still pretty busy. Yeah. Like this year definitely. might be kind of an off year, a quiet between year, but geez. I know. And it's funny because this year was not supposed to be an off year. No, this year was supposed to be what we're talking about for 2023. <laughs> <laughs> but all of the good mm. stuff, not all of the good stuff, a lot of the big things got delayed to next year. Yeah, true. But perhaps we should talk about some actual news again. Well, you know what did not get delayed until 2023? Was a little game from Square Enix called the Diofield Diofield Chronicle. I've been saying Diofield, but I could definitely see Diofield. Well, Dio is like the JoJo character, like Diofield. But no, it's it's probably Diofield. You're probably right. Um, It doesn't look anything at all like Fire Emblem Three Houses. (laughs) <laughs> um, there are not three kingdoms. Just kidding. It does. Um, Looks good. It seems to be Square Enix's sort of um, answer to Fire Emblem. Not file. That's what not is. Final Fantasy Tactics, though. That'd be absurd. <laughs> right, right, right. This is that game that was in a PlayStation state of play, if you guys remember, that had like 12 different art styles all in one trailer. <laughs> I'm really interested to see what this game is, especially because we found out about it four months ago and then like it's been radio silence and this got announced like in text. We've not seen a new trailer or anything. Yeah. I'm real curious what it's going to be. Yes, it is going to be a dual launch both here and in Japan on the 22nd of September. So that's about two months away. But if you're not interested in that, and perhaps you watched that same state of play I just mentioned, and you saw the game that came right after it, and you said, hmm, Valkyrie Elysium? Elysium? That's more my cup of tea. Guess what? Comes out one week after Diofield Chronicle. What are you doing, Square Enix? <laughs> They're like, we got to get all these games out. In a week. Now! <laughs> uh, I want to give credit. Big, big honk and gigantic, enormous credit to Square Enix. This game looks so much better than when we last saw it four months ago. It looks pretty cool now. Like, it's still not a AAA game. Well, it's pr- it's like double A and a half, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, 
Like it's getting there, but it's not quite AAA. But it, it looks so much more stylistic and deliberate and cool and fun. And now I'm really interested. I went from like completely disinterested from the first trailer. Is this the one that had that weird like kind of like cell shady like painted look to it? Yes. Or? They updated oh the art God, style a lot. They so fixed it a lot because everything had like black lines around it. And I yeah. think it still has those, but they're much more subtle. And that yeah. was also the one where like the, the lip sync was just horrendously off. And like her hair kept like glitching between into her shoulders. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the trailer. But it looks like I feel like that trailer had to have been made way before because this looks really cool and really like I'm ready to play it. Honestly, I went from completely disinterested to pretty darn interested. Um, uh, the internet doesn't agree with us because it just started making us look like a horror movie. It's glitched our faces out real bad. <laughs> it, <laughs> I, uh, sorry, it keeps taking me by surprise. It does look much better. Um, so that's exciting. September 29th. That's w one week right after the uh, um, Dio Dio Field. I will say, what are they thinking releasing two major Square Enix games within one week of each other? I don't know. <laughs> we are, uh, we're trying, folks. I feel like we have to leave this in because we, our videos, because we do video chat, are going berserk. There's just flashing colors everywhere. It looks like we're doing this episode in a club. We're at a rave. It is it our videos or Kelly's video? Is your video is my video not glitching? No, not at all. Oh, so what we're so Kelly's in the club. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games and Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. Because Kelly's in a club. Uh well video's fixed. Shall we resume? I think we shall. A uh, little game called Sea of Stars got a trailer. Um, it's coming out next year in 2023. It's a little uh, turn-based RPG, a little pixel adventure, little little 132 bit. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's, that's the a actual. lot of bits. I just I just said that. I don't know if that's true. Um, it looks real cute. Um, there's magic. There's turn-based. There's monsters. There's fish monsters. There is uh, protagonist with blue hair so you know it's going to be good um, <laughs> and there's a big worm at some point or a caterpillar perhaps uh, it kind of looks like old old fan Final Fantasy like Final Fantasy like six four like four yeah, yeah. it looks like a rose tinted glasses version of like the old Final Fantasy SNES games yeah and it's really it's I like the pixelated design. I feel like it's got that sort of smooth, modern, pixelized, pixelized design. It looks quite nice. It's really pretty. Yeah, and it's coming out next year. No date, just the year. Hopefully not too deep into it, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. No it's. I mean, it seems like, is it really going to take that much more to finish this game? It seems pretty finished. I was going to say, the trailer looks really good. Uh, another game that got announced thanks to PlayStation this week was Inscription. This is a huge PC game from last year. Well, actually, it was, probably wasn't that huge like sales numbers-wise, but critically, very esteemed. I've been wanting to play this game like nobody's business since last year, um, but it's only been on PC, and now it is coming to PlayStation 4 and 5. No release window, I would presume, hopefully soon, since it's just a port. Um, it came with a trailer I didn't watch because I've heard from basically every corner of the internet how this game is like really crazy and it's best to just play blind so i didn't even watch the 30 second announcement to say that it's coming to ps4 and 5 and also <laughs> i didn't include it in the sheet because i didn't want to be because normally we have like links to all the trailers so we can watch while we discuss and have a very active description but i don't want that i don't want kelly to look because i don't want kelly to tell me what the trailer looks like so kelly doesn't even get a link and she can't look it up stop stop looking it up stop no Kelly. Kelly, no. <laughs> did you spell it right? It's spelled inscription like inscript. I did, I did. I did spell it right. Okay. Did you look up spoilers to tell Andrew? No. Oh. I'm not I'm not going to tell you any spoilers. I'm just going to watch the trailer 
for a few moments here as we wrap up our discussion of this piece of news. That was the most like long-winded version of that. Like, I am now <laughs> going to click on this link on my computer, which currently has Google Chrome open, so that I can view this content that is posted to YouTube.com. It, it's like um, if you've ever watched Parks and Rec, it's like Purd, like how he over-explains everything, and he's a newscaster. So that's you right that's now. That's the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop watching so we can talk about the next news story. Uh, do we have Unless to? you had anything more to say about Inscription? No, I just don't want to talk about this next one. Um, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, Gollum, Lord of the Rings Gollum game, got a reveal, a gameplay reveal trailer. Um, it is a story-driven action RPG. Um, you play as Gollum. You know, the little, my precious, you know, you know. Um, That's your impression you know, of Gollum? No, my throat hurts right now, so I can't really do mine. Okay, hold on, hold on. No, you don't have to if you're in pain. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I wish the like, audience could see you like, pulling your neck back. He's like, what's dangerous, precious? <laughs> uh, it sounds like the Sam. same as your doofenshmirtz one from last week. <laughs> Because he, uh, he asks Sam about potatoes because he doesn't understand what potatoes are because he's used to living off of like fish and stuff. Anyway, you play as Gollum. Um, it looks a little bit weird. It looks I'm not gonna bad. Lie. I don't really get why this game was made. Um, it kind of looks like a game that might have came out in 2015. That's even kind of generous. I feel like this looks like a PS3 <laughs> game that's just like upscaled textures. The character movement yeah. looks really bad. And that's like... The it's a stealth game. The movement matters a lot. The models, too, look a little bit weird. Like, I don't know if that's supposed to be Gandalf, but he's looking really busted. Um. <laughs> yeah, it looks really, like, and this is like a trailer, so it should look good. And there's, like, a couple shots that are really nasty looking with, like, really bad camera juddering. Like, he's climbing on this ledge at the one minute, or, like, 55 second mark, specifically. And the camera's, like, jerking to keep up with him. And I'm like, this is your trailer. Like, why are you putting <laughs> something so bad in it unless you have nothing good to cover this spot? So I I have uh, no hope for this game when it comes out <laughs> in a couple months. It does look particularly gnarly. They definitely should have delayed it as we thought they were going to. They, and They probably should have not made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and maybe not made a game about Gollum, the character everybody loves. It looks incredible. <laughs> like, why are you going to pick a bad character and then spend $3 making the game? Oh, dear. But it's out less than two months from now. And this trailer came out. I was looking for, I was like looking through the news of the week to make sure we were all set for today. And I saw like Gollum gameplay reveal three days ago. And I was like, that didn't happen. I would have heard about that. I hear about like all the news. It, it comes through my feed. I just missed this. I didn't know this happened. I'm like, how did I miss this? And this only has 600,000 views on YouTube, which is incredibly low for a gameplay reveal trailer. And you don't reveal your gameplay less than two months in advance. This game's going to come out funny. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit stinky, I think. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Things are going to get stanky. I don't want to smell it. I'm not going to smell it. I really hope my <laughs> library gets it, though, because I want to try it. I really do. Yeah. Uh, but to keep the licensed game train rolling, announced this week was RoboCop Rogue City. This is a new open world game. Looks a little like a certain cyberpunk, uh, which makes sense because cyberpunk's inspired by this. It looks better than I would expect RoboCop Rogue City to look. Um, this is also the first we heard of it. It's not like we've known a while. It looks... I I'm just so surprised by the announcement of a RoboCop game. I'm surprised it doesn't look terrible, but it also has a lot of rough edges. It's out in June of 2023, which is pretty soon, considering when it was just announced. Uh, are you excited for RoboCop Rogue City, Kelly? No. Okay. I thought if I said the subtitle Rogue City a few more times, that might that might get you hyped. <laughs> I think the uh the um the world uh how can I describe this? I think RoboCop is like a fun setting to have a video game in because it's just like 
future Detroit, but you're a RoboCop. Um, but I will not be playing it because I don't have any interest in this. But I'm excited for RoboCop fans who also like <laughs> first-person shooters. I think it looks incredibly average with incredibly good lighting. I think that's probably what surprised me the most. Yeah, and I think the environment, like, the way the environment is very interactable, it looks like, I think that is nice, and it looks good, but the some of the character models, like, in cutscenes look a little bit bad. Um, I don't know why. To each... Maybe I'm being too critical. No, you're allowed to be critical, because, like, I think, I don't know, the characters in like the news scene at the end look like clay to me yeah i yeah that's kind of what i was thinking There's but not like a cool a... style just like unfinished human yeah, beings not not like claymation just like, like they didn't um, put them in the baker after what is it called the <laughs> oven the, the kiln <laughs> the kiln so any other exciting games announced that maybe are similar to RoboCop, very similar to RoboCop, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, if RoboCop was a dad um, and also an ancient Ro G Roman Greek god. Um, Did you just forget where Kratos was from, is, Kelly? Is Kratos Roman? No, Kelly, he fought. He's Greek? He was Greek. His okay. dad was Zeus. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah okay. Oh, wait, no. Ares is... Wait, no. no, he just kills Zeus, right? He's, I... Who's his dad? Hold on. No, his dad is Zeus, right? Kratos' dad. No, no. Who's Kratos' dad? Pallas and Styx. I just looked up Kratos' DDD. Kr um, anyway... It says uh, Zeus is his dad. He, that's not right. Who it's is Kratos' dad? Zeus was... Uh, Zeus is in fact his father. He Zeus learns the from Athena. He's everybody's dad. Zeus is in fact his father. A Zeus kept this secret because he wanted to avoid the reputation for what he did to his own father, Kronos. Zeus was only saved when Athena intervened and sacrificed herself for him. Only then does Kratos show remorse. He learned from Athena that Zeus was the real dad. Okay. I'm right. You're here is some really fun information for everybody. God of War Ragnarok is coming out on November 9th, 2022. Um, this release date came with a cinematic trailer. And we saw Kratos and his stinky, stinky son. <laughs> He's a teen. He definitely smells. <laughs> and a big wolf, probably... Uh, uh, and rear of some sort. Um, anyway, so God of War is coming out this year. God of War Ragnarok is coming out this year. No delays. Um, game looks pretty pretty good. See you guys in November. Yeah, probably. I mean, we didn't really see it. This just cinematic. So, do you? They okay, seem... I have very distinct opinions. So tell me your opinion one on the cinematic, and two if you think that release date's gonna happen. I do believe the release date's going to happen. Um, I know. Don't come for me. I do believe it's going to happen. I thought the cinematic was pretty cool. I, I think it demonstrated um, fairly well, like, where our characters are going to be. Like, the son, whose name I cannot remember. He is... Uh, it has shown his development and that he's, like, not afraid anymore. Atreus. Uh Yeah. Bob, he's not afraid anymore. <laughs> Did I just tell um, you his name and you said Bob? Yeah, I think I'm going to call him Bob. Okay, Kratos and his son, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, But no, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought it was fine. I kind of wish there was a little bit more. I think um, maybe in July for a game that's coming out in November, we should be able to see some gameplay. But... I... So, I agree with most of what you just said as a prerequisite. I kind of understand why we haven't seen it. Because part of me thinks they want to keep this game under very, like, they want to keep it under wraps until it's out. Because I think they're like, okay, guys, God of War 2018, people loved. People are going to buy Ragnarok. 
why bother showing them when they can just enjoy this game and be surprised? Because I think the vast majority of people that are going to buy it are going to be people that already played God of War in 2018. And I think it's a very cool technique, a cool tactic to just not talk about your game till it's out. You know? Yeah. Don't worry so much about the hype cycles because, again, it's going to sell. Why waste a bunch of time showing us the game that we're going to play? If somebody's going to play God of War, they're going to play God of War, you know? Yeah. And I think it's a, if, if my optimism is correct, this is a really cool way to do it. I like not seeing games too much, you know? Mm-hmm. When a, mm-hmm. If a game comes out and people are like, mm, I don't know if I want to play it, that's when it's good to show gameplay and stuff, like a release trailer, an accolades trailer the week after release or whatever, for people who don't need to play it on day one. But for people who are there day one, I almost feel like it might be better to just not show it you know we saw that last trailer which looked incredibly finished action-packed really cool we see this trailer which is cinematic probably nothing from the game like these scenes probably occur in the game but they're going to look different because it won't be pre-rendered i just like this technique and also i have no real worries about this release date because they were not like egged on to announce this they just decided to announce it so i think that means they're clearly like it's not like, oh, it's like E3, time to announce the release date. It was just like they just put this out. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? I agree. Did you play 2018? No. Do you not want to? No, it's not necessarily that I don't want to. I just never got around to it, and I had seen so much of it already that playing it sort of felt redundant. But I wouldn't be opposed to it, especially before the game comes out. I mean, it's free on the PlayStation Plus service, so. The PP Plus? I'm not cutting that. Anyway. (laughs) Only thing I'm cutting is I'm cutting that into a clip so that we can promote this podcast. (laughs) Not that. Stop. Stop. That's like Carl Weezer, like, yeah, Jimmy Smart. Are you going to reference a different cartoon every week now? (laughs) Like, oh, we're nearing the end of the episode. Time for our (laughs) weekly cartoon reference. I kind of like that. You should do that. I'm sorry. I only have a few left in me. I could do Donnie from No, stop. Save them. Save them. Save them. Save them. Save them for next week, Kelly. One a week. Restrain yourself. Put it in the sheet for next week, okay? It's so hard to restrain myself from doing Donnie. Okay, just go. Just do it. Stop! You're, you're giggling silently, which makes me sound crazy. Cause like, go ahead. <laughs> come on, come on. That was incredible. That's really good. Yeah, it's what I was born to do. No, you know what you were born to do? <laughs> Be a pirate. Play skull and bones. <laughs> oh, same thing, right? No. Oh. <laughs> so if you don't want to play God of War, good news. God of War comes out November 9th, but <laughs> but screw that, because Skull and Bones comes out November 8th. We finally, finally got a full gameplay overview and a release day. Kelly, it's Skull and Bones. I have to give them credit. We said it was fictional, and here it is. It's not fiction. It's real. It's very real. Uh, um. I... Okay, I want to be nice. I don't. I don't like how it, like, okay, technically speaking, the lighting's quite nice. The models are fine. The boats are real pretty. The water looks great, although, you know, it better. I'm excited it's just coming to PlayStation 5 and Series X and not last gen, because I think that would hold it back. And Stadia. We'll talk about, I don't know what to say. (laughs) I didn't know Stadia still existed. (laughs) And Luna. Yeah, I knew Luna still existed because Amazon's, you know, they can do whatever they want. I mean, I guess Google can too. That's why Stadia still exists. Anyway, <laughs> I think the boat combat looks pretty cool. Um, Can you help me out? Give me more positives. I don't have any. I want to say know. all the nice things before we like. <laughs> it Okay, okay, you're right. All that stuff looks nice. Um... And it looks like you can customize your boat pretty well. 
All right, on to the bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> this game, I th- I think it looks really, really boring. Uh, the gameplay loop doesn't look interesting to me. I think the world looks real barren. The towns look really bad to me. Like, the very slow movement, I don't understand. I don't think it'll be fun. It looks way too multiplayer heavy, which, like, I guess... This went from being like an Assassin's Creed Black Flag expanded game to a Sea of Thieves ripoff. I think that's what this feels like, which is a really disappointing change. Yeah. To me, I would agree it does look pretty boring. I think it's weird that there's no like hand to hand combat. It's like all ship to ship. I feel like as a pirate, you're like I you want to be a swashbuckler and you like want to fight with your sword. Um, no swashes to be buckled here. No swashes, no buckling. I also kind of feel like maybe it's just the trailer. It feel, it did not seem very smooth to me. For some reason, it seemed a little bit choppy, and maybe it's just the way the trailer rendered. I don't really know. Um, but that kind of made me not feel good. And then, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be very compelling, like story-wise. You know what I mean? Not that it. I mean, it's a multiplayer game, so it doesn't necessarily have like very strong story element. But it's just like, why am I doing these things? Like, is it fun? I don't. I don't think it is. <laughs> like, is it? What am I getting out of this? More loot? Like, I don't really want that. You know, I. I mean, I want that, but it's like, I don't know. I just don't feel very strongly compelled to, compelled to play it, and I just also sort of feel like. I don't know. I just, you're right. It doesn't look, it looks, it looks for a pirate game. It looks very slow. Like even the ship movement, it just looks slow. I don't know why. It just, I don't know. But there's so much going on all at once that I feel like nothing's going, no individual facet can be like truly expanded upon or become very interesting. Yeah. I think they, they should have like leaned in and made it. I don't know. I don't know what they could have done. I feel like this is a sunk cost kind of game. One, that logo is now ugly. Yeah, it's really bad. It used to have a really cool logo, and now its logo is like... It's so so Ubisoft, it's not even funny. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to friend of the show, Cameron, who shared with us the uh, special edition, the limited edition, (laughs) sorry, that just gigantic on the front of the box includes the text only at Best Buy that appears to be printed on the box. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, it's... Uh, Is that what you're going to be buying it, though? It, Best Buy? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, where I got my PS5 from was Best Buy, so... You know, I can't hate them. I can't hate them. I love them, actually. But I think it's just, like, it seems like such a relic of the past to have, like, only available Best Buy <laughs> on the cover of the physical copy of the game. Yeah, it's the being on the cover bones. part that's hilarious for me. Yeah. It's not that it's silly. exclusive to Best Buy. It's that there's it's printed gigantic on the front. Yeah. Very silly. Very silly Billy stuff. But that'll just about cover the news this week. There were lots of trailers. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Barring, like, how dull I found the Skull and Bones reveal that I had to watch now, like, twice. Ugh, it was so long. Uh, Barring that, I was really excited by this news. Like, this this, this was a fun week. Uh, I'm especially excited about God of War, you know? I've been thinking a lot yeah, about Yeah, that it. was cool. That was cool. I'm surprised it finally got announced, but I guess, hey, if it's coming out this year, it had to eventually. Yeah. So, did you play any video games this week, Kelly? I injected... Fire Emblem right into my heart. Oh my god, are you like, okay? Ep- like an EpiPen, I was like, oh my god. and I just slammed it in. Um, I've been playing Warriors. Warriors. Remember last week? Well, maybe you guys weren't there for this discussion, but me and Andrew, I was like waffling. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll buy it. I don't know. I bought it like the day after we had that conversation. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's okay. In a sense, I, I took $60 from you. No, I really, well, you don't have it, so you didn't really take it, did you? You just made me pay it to someone else. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so, so I've been playing Warriors. I picked the, uh, actually, I don't know if that's a spoiler. Never mind. I'm having fun with it. 
Um, and then I thought to myself, hey, I really want to play Fire Emblem Awakening. So I got out my DS, plugged it in, and I played it. And I played Awakening. And I was having a great time uh, spending time with Krom, um, voiced by Matthew Mercer. Huh. <laughs> Miss him. And then I thought to myself, hey, you know what? I kind of want to play Fates. So I, <laughs> I stopped playing Awakening, and I started playing Fates. Um, I picked Conquest. I... It's funny because I bought I had bought the game when it first came out. I bought the physical copy Birthright and then I bought Conquest on the eShop and then I bought Revelation on the eShop, which is great news because come this time next year I won't be able to buy it, so I already have it, so that's good. So you're but anyway, just in a fire emblem mood, essentially. Yeah, I just was like really feeling it and I wanted to play Conquest because uh the I feel like the maps are really good. Um and I love the music and Fates. I was really enjoying Awakening, but I was getting kind of fatigued with the maps because there's not really, they're not really the most exciting out of the whole series. Um, and I feel like they really were different in in Fates, especially Conquest. And then in Three Houses, they were kind of back to being, um, not super exciting. So, uh, are you are you enjoying Warriors? Is it for you, perhaps? Is it just the story that's getting you through, or is the gameplay finally starting to to click a little bit? I think it's clicking when I, because when I first played it, I was like, I really didn't like the idea of like assigning units places. I didn't really get or understand. And I also a huge pet peeve of mine in Fire Emblem games is having too many characters, so much so that a bunch of them like fall behind level wise. Yeah, but the because, this game has a mechanic. I don't know if you've gotten to the point. This game has a mechanic where you can upgrade the levels of yes. units for very yes. little money. Yeah, and I and I and I had have gotten to that point, and I was because the way I was playing, I was really only playing as Shez, so she was the only one leveling up out of like everyone, her and like Lawrence for whatever reason. He was just putting in the work, I guess. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but then you know you get to the camp, and then you are able to. Uh, level your characters up so everybody's sort of on a level playing field which I really enjoyed and that is something that I helped the games like make the game more fun for me is knowing everybody was at the same level and I wasn't at risk of people dying all the time yeah Um, yeah so I have been enjoying it and also thinking about it in sort of that fire emblem context of like okay this person's going there now and this person's going there now and this person's going there yeah um and I think the game does a really good job of making that easy for you in terms of like the second you get a side quest, it's like, stop, pick where they're going to go. Yeah. Like, and you don't have to do that, but it's nice that it literally instantly kind of encourages you to pause and do that. Yeah. I also think it's fun for me because I am very fond of a lot of the characters in Three Houses. It's sort of fun to see them in a different way. Um, and understand their characters a little bit more in a different context yeah Um, and see really cool new animations yeah and it just looks i mean i was also playing three houses and just going from like three houses to three hopes it's like they did a better job with like the lighting and stuff in three hopes it just looks a little bit better i was surprised how much they upgraded it considering it felt like such a direct not port but like a direct translation i was surprised how good they did at translating a lot and making it look better in the process yeah, I would agree. Um, so yeah, I've just been on a fire room kick. I think next week, well, not next week, but the week after, I will be talking about a little game where you are a little kitty cat. <gasps> Me too. Okay. Are you pointing a gun at me? No. I was I was just going to we were talking about me and my partner were talking about how much fun Stray would be. If you could customize the cat um, to look however you want it. So, like, I have a cat. Her name's Cookie. And I just imagine if my cat in the game looked like Cookie. <laughs> You'd just be crying the whole time. Oh, my God. Anyway. What have you been playing this week, Andrew? I played through a game. I teased this last week. It's called Neon White. This is the new game from Ben Esposito, the man who made Donut County. This game is not like Donut County. It is a first-person shooter 
extremely high-octane one, and also a visual novel. Uh, It has an anime art style. I think the gameplay in this game is absolutely incredible. It is supremely fast-paced. It's designed to encourage speedrunning, so they have a counter at all times in the corner for each level, and it encourages you immediately after finishing a level to play again and shave even just milliseconds off your time as you learn new shortcuts, learn new ways to get through the enemies quicker, and I think it's a really fantastic loop. Uh, The shooting mechanics are very tightly designed, The gun variety is really great. They all have unique shots and unique abilities when you discard the guns, because the guns are represented as little cards on the bottom right corner of the screen. When you discard them, they all have special abilities. So I know that sounds a little abstract, so I'll give a couple examples real quick. You have a pistol, and obviously it fires like a pistol, so just uh, quick but independent shots. And then if you discard the pistol card, you get an extra jump. So it becomes a double jump. And then there's a uh, semi-automatic rifle or automatic rifle. I don't know guns. It's like a a rifle. Okay, there's a rifle. Fires very quickly. And when you discard it, it shoots a little bomb directly where you're aiming. So you can either use that to shoot at like a small group of demons and destroy all of them. Or shoot right at the ground below you and it gives you a huge boost into the air. And there are lots of other guns with very different abilities. All of them have really unique abilities. That's what's exciting and cool about this. I, th- I think I said this last week, but I want to reiterate. This is not a card game. The guns that you pick up are represented by cards because it makes it very clear what's happening. But it is not a card game. So if you're concerned about that, don't be. Uh, I think the aesthetics and art style are super cool. They're very consistent. Like It's 3D models when you're playing. Uh, in a stylized art style, and then the visuals turn to like an anime 2D art style for the cutscenes and stuff, but they still fit very well together. Uh, each level can be replayed to get either like higher speeds. They have medals on each metal on each uh, level, so you can get bronze, silver, gold, or platinum. And after you finished it once, it tells you what exact times you have to get to earn all of those, and it really encourages you to go back and get that get those higher scores as well as to search through the levels and collect gifts which is a really fun mechanic and then it encourages you to explore the level in a way you wouldn't when you're just rushing through it uh those gifts that i mentioned you can use to build up your relationships with all the side characters and when you do that you get new quests from them and dialogue and the quests are just kind of similar similar levels but they have an interesting mechanic so like certain ones you can't use your discard abilities other ones are built like a uh a obstacle course and other things that I won't spoil. The story is very intriguing and I like the way that the mysteries are slowly unfolding. You are a a dead person who presumably was uh, not so good in life. So you went the place that you don't want to go, but you were offered salvation and you are now in heaven where you and a bunch of other neons, as they're called, have to fight demons and whoever does the best job will be offered salvation. So it's kind of like a battle royale, if you will. You're fighting for your life, or you're fighting for your afterlife, if you will. I don't know if that's in the game. If it's not, they really should put it in there. Yeah, don't cut that out. Erase that from the episode. And, like, try and get some money for it. You're right. I'm going to call them. I'm sure they put that in some, like, trailer or something. Yeah. Uh, the writers of this game really know how to write. It's especially demonstrated late in the story. There's some real emotional punches and some really interesting beats. But most of the game is very corny and it's very meme-fueled. And it's very unpleasant. <laughs> There's a line, I think I mentioned this earlier in my last part, in my last little tidbit in the last episode. There's a line about somebody being Sasuke. There were references to the minions. Yeah, I remember saying this now. Yeah. I don't like it. And it gets really good when they stop doing that stuff. So I kind of wish that I could like not have experienced that part. Because it kind of it dampened a part of the game. 
even when the gameplay itself is like absolutely incredible and untouched by the the bad writing. Mm-hmm. If you want to play through all of this game, meaning like get platinums on everything, get all the gifts, do all the side quests, it's probably going to run you about 20 hours, a little less than that. That's what it's uh, shaping up to be for me. Uh, I have done everything. And that's that's how long it took me. I don't know why I phrased it like that, but oh well. <laughs> but if you just want to play the main story, you could probably finish it in about half that if you're not focused on getting every medal and stuff. You don't have to get platinum medals to progress. Uh, they just make it more fun if you, if that's your kind of gameplay style. I love the very fast-paced nature of it. I There's a couple levels I really liked, so I decided to try to get higher on the global leaderboards. One of them... I got into the top 100. <gasps> Not to be just as crassly written as the story of Neon White, but do you want to guess what number I got? 69. Uh-huh. Wow. Which, like, was really exci- it was also exciting because like, like, oh, my God, I'm in the top 100. That's crazy. Yeah. So I really recommend this game, though. It's a lot of content for a $25 indie game. Um, I think the gameplay is what really holds it up. Even after I finish the story, I, I probably will return to this game. If you're playing on Switch, please turn on gyro controls. It will make it better. Might take a little to get used to, but I turned them off for a little bit just to see what it was like, and it was rough. Like, the gyro controls make a huge difference for fine-tune aiming. But that's my review for the week. Uh, it's kind of a new game, so it's still definitely worth looking into. Highly, highly highly recommended if it's not if the story stuff doesn't sound very interesting to you maybe just skip that bit it's pretty easy to skip the story so just read very rapidly through like the main story parts and maybe don't read like the side stuff but hey play however you want you're not going to be confused if you skip story stuff in the gameplay there is very little connection between the two but that's that that's neon white Available on Switch and PC. Very nice. Very nice. So, Kelly. Yep. We did it. We made another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. Raise the roof. I wish I could. Might make it a little less hot in this room. (laughs) It's a toasty summer day. I guess that's it. I guess we're done. Um, I guess that's it. I don't have anything clever to say. I didn't write. I don't have any transitions ready. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm uh, pooped. Pooped? Yeah, I'm tired. Stop. It was a lot of talking games we did. It was a lot of games we talked. <laughs> you sound very intelligent right now. <laughs> Thank you. I figure before we close out, we'll have a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Sentry, a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games. Find them on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash PGH Sentry. PGH SEN. <laughs> I can't even spell PGH SENTRY. Or go to their website, smacksentry.gg. S M A K Sentry.gg to find more info about attending or viewing their content. Thank you. Are you mad at me for my inability to speak? No. I have no reason to be mad at you about that. Well, I guess... I struggle with speaking every day. Even today? Yeah. You didn't... Every time we press record, I forget. You didn't make one mistake today. That's definitely not true. Oh, well, I didn't notice. (laughs) I was too Thanks. busy noticing my own mistakes. <laughs> anyway. It's like, what? Did I cut you off? Did I cut you off? Nope. Huh? I didn't. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. No? Nope. You sure? Uh-huh. Yep. Nope. Oh, yep. Nope. Yep. Anyway. This has been Talking Skull and Bones with Kelly and Andrew. Right? I'm Skull. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Come on. I'm bone. I'm bone. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.